Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And it's a victorious Stop Hammer Time this week as we talk about uh, our first win of the season. We're moving in a general upwards direction, uh, a loss, a draw and a win. Uh, so the next will be two wins, and if we follow uh, the Fibonacci sequence, it should be six wins and then something like nine. And, uh, and then we should have the title wrapped up by November. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're also playing football tonight. So uh, instead of going to that game, uh, myself and my guest are sitting here talking about what might be happening at that game in the hour or so's time in which it starts. Uh, my guest uh, today is Ollie Spencer from Matchpoint. Hello, Ollie. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks Everything for having me. Everything all right? Me. Good. Everything all right? Yeah, perfect. Very, yeah. Um, very tanned. Uh, it's, it's a heat wave. It is. It's, it is. It's a crippling heat wave. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to sound needy, but it's worse than the Amazon jungle here in London at the moment, isn't it? It's, it is. It is quite toasty. Yeah, yeah. It, it's absolutely. And the UN are not allowed to do anything because the Brazilian president won't let them. And uh, that's why it's really hot in my flat. <laughs> so, ya boo, Brazilian president. There, well, so, so that's that game tonight, and then we'll talk about our uh, next fixture, which I think is against Norwich. So, um, uh, we'll crack in uh, now, I think. So, uh, last season it took a little while to get our first win. We had a, quite a catastrophic, was it four or five game? I think it was four, it's wasn't it? normally about four before we Yeah, we, we, we've settled into that routine, haven't yeah, we? Exactly. Under Super Slav, we, we, we like to lose a few games yeah. to just, to get our, just to get our eye in. Um, I think so. I, I, think think, I think there's no better way to practice shooting at a goal than to miss it again and again and again and again and again. Because it gets your eye in, doesn't it? It does, it does. I think it gets to the, um, it adjusts your hope levels yes. almost straight away when the season starts. It is a Pellegrini's characteristic though, isn't it? That he, uh, I mean, the great thing about him, the great thing last season was he was just saying constantly, it'll click, it'll click. Mm. I'm not changing anything. I'm not worrying. It'll click. And he was right. <laughs> he yeah. He was absolutely right. Uh, and, uh, 
Well, you know, the downside of that is that we sometimes don't seem to be at the races either on a match-by-match basis or sometimes inside of the match itself. It seems to take us a little while to kind of get going. It's clear from his demeanour that he's not a shouter. He's not going to be throwing plates of sandwiches around in the dressing room, you know, and giving everyone the hairdryer. The only person who gives a hairdryer is himself, uh, as his beautifully tonsorially sorted-out head shows us. Definitely, definitely. I think you see, you see, at the start of the season with the City, though, I think you know we exactly starts that game pretty, pretty well. Actually, mm. uh, the first twenty minutes, you certainly thought, you know, it wasn't. Could this be the change? Could this be the change we were hoping for? And then, unfortunately, we sort of watched Man City then turn it on. But also, yeah, also within that game, we came out curiously muted in the second half, didn't we? We needed to, having sort of gone toe-to-toe with them in the first half of that game and sort of just, you know, escaped with just a 1-0 sort of deficit at half-time, I thought actually both teams, City and West Ham, kind of came out a little muted in the second half. The crowd was quiet for about the first 10 minutes. And what made the game sort of spring into life was the Manchester City goal, which unfortunately just unleashed a lot more Manchester City goals. And mm. of the two muted teams, the more talented one just, you know, switched up a gear and, and took control of that game. Um, I wonder if it is something that, you know, is is bad and needs to be addressed. It's like when you don't have a crystal ball, if you seem serially to be losing games of football... I just, I think it's very hard. It's a difficult mentality to spread to your players to go, it's all right, everything will click eventually. You know, do you know what I mean? It must Definitely. be a difficult, though it does seem to be sort of within his wheelhouse that that is kind of what happens with him. I think it'd be a good test this evening as well with the first kind of cup game against lower opposition, different yeah. league, you know, that, that mentality test of, okay, he's going to ring the changes. There won't be the starting lineup we saw last weekend, but you have to start every game in a certain way. You can't afford against even lower league teams to take the, take the foot off and uh, you're going to get punished. We saw that against Wimbledon yeah. last season and I think you know there will be big teams that fall short of that uh, this season in the Cup, which is something yeah, we're definitely keen to avoid. In a funny roundabout way, for a, for a manager that likes kind of uh, fancy Dan players and likes sort of attacking football, we, we've done a fair bit of sort of winning ugly, didn't we? Our, our sort of... Uh, our, um, Away draw was was uh, sort of hard fought and was not you know was not the best game of football anyone's ever seen and and the sort of mood I didn't go on Saturday unfortunately I couldn't but I was sort of aware of um, what people were kind of you know tweeting and putting on social media during the game and it felt like we were not very good in yeah. that game um, though you know. The poetry match of the day sort of highlights package the kind of seven minutes of football that that shows made us look um, very good. I thought, mm. you know, um, um, it, in a way, it's, uh, I think Anderson is a little bit of a microcosm of the way we play because quite often he's very quiet for huge patches of a game. He just does his sort of job. But when you have highlight mm-hmm. packages, especially if we score several goals, it makes him look like the man of the match because yeah. he's nearly always involved in uh, the really important moments in the game. And he seems to be able to sort of switch on, doesn't he? Which yeah. is kind of, uh, you know, it's a, it, I think that's a hard thing for fans of kind of hard-working English-style footballers to watch because it, 
the easy thing to say about players like that is that they don't put a shift in for 90 minutes and yeah. they kind of stroll around until they do something great and that they don't track back. You know, we've talked about this on this podcast. Mm. You know, Anderson does track back. Yeah. It's just he doesn't... He's actually very good at tackling, so he doesn't have to kind of crunch people into the stands and, you know, he doesn't have to, um, you know, get both feet off the ground and slide in in tackles. But, he, you know, he... he, he He's fairly quick, so his runner, he manages to stay with his runner a fair bit. Yeah, and, you know, definitely. he isn't, I'm not saying he's a kind of, he's another Julian Dix. But <laughs> no, no. And, and as you said, he's got the skill set to do that. And I think, you know, with these foreign players that come over, there's big expectations. He came with the price tag, all the cliches. But, you know, his, his first season, the, you know, was there when the crowd was getting on his back when he was mm, dispossessed mm. and then staying down for a bit too long and ambling back up the pitch and I think that that's that is what irks the fans a little bit but yeah. you can see that he's part of the time you thought at times he was doing it on purpose because he was maybe conserving energy or something because then he'd just turn it on and absolutely blitz people yeah. and go around so it's not that there's like a fitness issue it's just obviously a kind of mental like I said a kind of foreign style of play that hasn't quite adapted and well he's played out wide I mean you know since since the good old days of those kind of Manchester United sort of flying wingers, who's Gillespie and Poborski and, and, and Giggsy, you don't... The people that are nominally wide players are kind of expected, they're more likely to be part of a front three, and they're not, on the whole, expected to sort of hug the touchline in the way that, you know... Michael Hughes for us uh, uh, was a kind of a bit of a hug line, sort of a, a touch line hugging, a hug line touching uh, um, sort of player. Um, that guy Slater was, Lazaridis obviously was, Etherington was. Yeah. And, but those players in a kind of front three are not really expected to do that. And sometimes when Anderson seems to be quiet in a game, it feels like he's doing what he was told to do or something. Mm. Feels like he's staying out on the touchline, waiting for the ball to kind of come out there or to be shoveled out there by a kind of defender until, yeah. you know, and there was size time. And then as the game goes on, it feels like he gets a bit bored, so starts coming inside and looking for the ball. Swapping sides. Swapping and sides, inside. yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that going on. City, he was quiet yeah, until yeah. he swapped sides and then he got involved, mm. yeah. Now, talking about big money signings with a price on their head... Uh, <laughs> Haller or Alea yeah. uh, came out, scored two goals. Yeah, it's great, wasn't it? I think he's come out and said though he didn't think he had that great a game, and no. which, which is the right sort of thing that fans want to be hearing. Absolutely, if you're banging yeah. in two and uh, an overhead kick for one of them, and yeah, pin a, you know critical moments in the game, he turned it turned it our way, and he's saying didn't really think I had that great a game. So yeah, hopefully more thing more things come from him. Got to get got to keep people close to him. Haven't yeah, we? it's like you know the the I think the trouble with a kind of a formation that, that, that isn't a sort of an official sort of two-striker, i.e. four-four-two situation, is that quite often the the person up top gets slightly, you know, uh, um, cast adrift. Mm. And that sort of happened in the City game. He, you know, he got a little quieter. I think his match fitness was, yeah. was not up to scratch. But, you know, as, as City were taking control of that game, we, we got quieter and quieter and sort of went yeah. into our shells a little bit. And, and he was sort of up top really on his own. And uh, I, I think he, he was introduced... I mean, he played a bit in the Berlin game, I think, and I saw him at Fulham at Craven Cottage. And mm. it, you, you can tell it takes time. that there was, there was passes going through and he was just just missing the kind of timing and yeah. he was in and amongst it and you could sort of thought he's a decent player and and thankfully for us on you know on Saturday he um 
that clicked. And you can see the way Anderson and him linked up and he timed the run. I mean, there's there's understanding already, which is, has yeah. to be exciting. I mean, one thing one thing about that first goal, uh, Alaire's first goal, our second, was that's where Anderson's quality really came into it. Because there was a point where he was... He'd advanced to kind of halfway up their penalty area, so, you know, nine yards away from the goal. Mm. And a lot of players would have crossed them. They would have put it into the mixer. He, with one kick, took it not only further towards the, the dead ball line, but further inside. Mm. And Alaire saw that. And so that when, by the time it, it, he'd passed it in front of everyone, yeah. Alaire was tapping in from about a yard out, wasn't he? Yeah. It, was, it was... And... And that's a confident player who's kind of makes that decision. I'll, I'll take it a bit further inside the penalty area. It was absolutely, Definitely. you know, Antonio would have crossed sort of halfway up the pitch. I think we would yeah. put in a cross somewhere near the centre circle. And, exactly. Uh, uh, but um, as Pellegrini said, uh, the introduction of Antonio changed the game. Yeah. After, in his post-match interview, uh, he said that Antonio changed the game, which is great. It's great to... It's great to hear Pellegrini's faith in Antonio. Mm. And I think that, you know, he really brought Antonio back to somewhere near his best, if not his best last yeah. season. And I think that was the faith that was sort of placed with him. And I think he, you know, he didn't, I don't think he sort of um, dropped him so much as put him on the bench to bring on if mm. we need him. You know? Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he's got such physical attributes and pace and power. And I think, you know, points in his career when he, when, since he's joined from Forest, he seems so unpredictable because at times you don't even think he knows what he's going to do. No, no, ball. no. <laughs> it makes him no. very hard to play against and sometimes it works and sometimes... Absolutely, it doesn't. You know, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It falls, yeah. falls down. But there, are, you know, there are times when, when he's, he's, he's lost us games. You know, there was, a, there was a, a Swansea game that we were at that he... Uh, um, he was one-on-one with the keeper who had gone down mm. and Ayu was two yards to his left, I think, and he yeah. just kicked it into the goalkeeper's stomach while mm. the goalkeeper was lying on the ground. I mean, it was literally a goal and then it wasn't. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, um, we see a lot of overhit crosses and stuff. He's sort of, when he doesn't have time to think, he, he'll sometimes put in a very yeah. good ball. True. Uh, his cross for Carroll's overhead against Palace was yeah. sublime. I mean, he, you know, he, it, there was only one place to put that ball for that to happen, and Antonio just put it there. Mm. It was sweet. It was like a, you know, it was like a kind of, it was like a sandwich. Just <laughs> lofted it up for the big man to attack. True. But um, yeah, it seemed to uh, things seemed to click. Although it was not the most entertaining game and people were sort of uh, uh, you know after we scored the penalty they equalised fairly quickly and we didn't look that great but but you, in a sense you can't argue with 3-1 it's sort of that's yeah. a pretty you know pretty uh, compelling result yeah you know. it's a lot about the team as well I mean Watford are in a spot of bother you know yeah. seven losses on the bounce and Root is the bottom of the table um, I don't think we would have thought if we were playing them last season that an easy win was on the cards but no. just the players they normally had I mean we were talking about the, the first Alain goal but he stole a march on Decore yeah. um, just literally just one step and he's passed him and tap, it's a tap in he yeah. also caused the the penalty didn't he for, for no, yeah. uh, Lanzini so um, yeah I think there's yeah we definitely got lucky on Saturday in terms of the team that turned up to play us but yeah. there was flashes of, of what could be with that midfield and 
going forward there's a lot of a lot of creative possibilities there i think for sure yeah yeah i mean it's he's he's got a selection headache hasn't he mm. and uh um that's good you know a jim you know my co-host on this podcast uh, sort of uh whilst you know admiring wilshire is a little bit worried about him because he mm. can't quite see a place for him you know uh you've got definitely three guys who'd sort of like to be the number 10 mm. in a way in that lanzini Fornells and uh, and Wilshire probably want to do that role, and uh, they can't all play. But maybe rotation is the answer. You know, sort of uh, Wilshire seems to do. There's a lot of you know Venn diagram type crossover with Noble, isn't there? But mm. Noble has a bit more bite in the tackle, and has exactly. a bit more has a little bit more uh, grit about him. Yeah. The great thing about the sort of rejuvenated Lanzini is the tempo he gives. At the moment, he's a, he's a real scamperer, isn't mm. he? He likes to cover a lot of the pitch. And there, has, there were times, well, absolutely under Bilic, and at times under Pellegrini when we, we just seemed to come out without sort of tempo, which meant that we didn't press, that meant we didn't do a lot of um, the good things we have to do. Mm. And... Uh, but we were missing Lanzini a lot of that season, and, and he does give you a bit of sort of hustle. Yeah. And he works hard. I think that midfield as well, it's completely changed. If you, we talked about bad starts, but if you get the likes of Anderson and Lanzini going forward with real flair and attacking prowess, you've got the wing backs on, the, <clears> on a good <throat> day, and you've got a solid base with Rice and, the, and the, whichever two centre backs we go with to hopefully shore up the. Uh, the back but yeah that that is a whole different dynamic to the first 20 minutes that we've seen time and time again where it doesn't quite feel like we've, we've started and we're yeah we're playing yeah. at home but we're still on the bus doesn't quite make yeah. sense yeah yeah absolutely but um no i mean it was good it's good in fact it's a sort of weird it's a very weird table there's 10 teams on four points a joint fifth aren't we yeah 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 <laughs> we're basically joint fifth whilst being 13th yeah. <laughs> it's very it's a very weird table uh, I, I mean, a slightly catastrophic goal, goal difference is what puts them right at the bottom of that heap. Mm. Uh, but um, uh, no, very good. To, and you know what? What was a bad start has turned into, a, you know, a perfectly acceptable. We we lost one, drew one, and won one. And the game we lost was to Manchester City. So yeah. so things are looking fine. You know, it's like I think when you have the the platform to sort of consider yourself a kind of mid-table team, I think that's when you can start playing with a bit of freedom. You know, we, we, we had some bad spells last season where we thought we might get sort of sucked back in, didn't mm. we? And, and I think things became a bit nervy. But, uh, I mean, just for example, when we kind of went safe at the end, when, when, when I think there's a couple of results that sort of put us safe. And... Um, you know, we won about three of our last four games, didn't we? And yeah. it looked like the sort of we, the season was going to peter to a close. We had a couple of sort of disappointing results, didn't we? When we thought we might finish really strongly, but but then in the end we did finish strongly in the mm. short term. I mean, the last kind of you know really unlucky not to win. Well, the ref took that result away against Leicester by disallowing yeah. um, that Lucas goal. You know, well, that, this season VR would have probably been. <laughs> Either yeah. on our side or against our yeah. side, it definitely would have been involved, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, the Manchester United one with the Anderson goal that was onside. You know, yeah. uh, that 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 game we could have turned on its head. We could have finished about seventh last season. Anyway, let's uh, talk about uh, tonight's game and forthcoming games uh, after this message. 
Welcome back. Now, uh, this podcast is brought to you by uh, Matchpoint, and uh, the last couple of times you've had me explain what Matchpoint is, and uh, but now this week I don't have to because Ollie Spencer is here and he is from Matchpoint. So, um, what I could do is read the thing and you just agree with each point, <laughs> point by point. Uh, I'll give you a little sort of, executive yeah, summary yeah, instead, yeah, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, why don't you do it? Yeah. Well, so as I said, Matchpoint is a uh, is a sports pub finder. Um, so it's a bit of a godsend for sports fans. Um, it's a free website and an app. Um, and we've got about 3,500 pubs and growing across the UK and Ireland that tell us what games they're going to show when. And what that enables us to do is tell sports fans where they can watch their favourite teams and not miss a moment. So um, a pretty useful tool for any sports fan, really. Very useful, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, when you're watching games with your mates, we, we've all been in the position and guilty of it. Some wild predictions have been thrown around. I think I saw, heard last week on the pod there was someone actually called 3-1 exactly and someone else was going 4-2, I think. Two, I called 2-4. I call two, two, yeah, 2-4. Two, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly the kind of behaviour we wanted to kind of like turn into a game so we could prove exactly who did or didn't know what they were talking about when it came to predicting, predicting yes. games. And there is a call it challenge win. Yeah. There's the three, the three foundation stones of oh, this of the new game win. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about this. We basically launched a new game called the uh, the Budweiser Premier Predictor, um, and what it is is to prove who knows what they're talking about when it comes to these predictions. The idea, pretty simple: you um, you set your predictions on the outcome of the televised games each week. If you're bang on, you get a pint of uh, of Budweiser, and if you call the right team, you can win points, and those points add up. And if you're at the top of the table at the end of the month, you can win Premier League tickets. So yeah, free free beer, Premier League tickets, and bragging rights over your mates. It's um, it's not a bad little combination. And an app that tells you where to watch the game. Yeah, it's it, it's um yeah it's a you, you know you hear it. Some there's a Facebook page that obviously goes with this podcast, and uh, um, we there are people that listen to it all over the world who kind of have places they watch the game in there. You know, in New York or in San Francisco or in LA, uh, uh, English bars all over the world, and obviously expat. You know, yeah. sort of Mortar and Cyprus and places like that. It's a kind of it's it's actually quite um, it's valuable knowledge what what pubs are showing which games and quite often, you know. Um, just in town, especially for something like a league game that we didn't get a ticket for because mm. it's not in the season ticket and sort of uh, uh, <clears throat> away uh, FA Cup games, it's a very useful thing. Definitely. Excellent. Yeah. Well, download the app is what I say to you. Indeed. Indeed. And you, you have a league yourself, don't you, for the, uh, the Stop Hammer Time, Stop Hammer time league. Yeah. league. Yes, exactly. I don't know what's happening with that at the moment. Uh, well, you can, if you go onto the game, you download the free app, you can join the league, use the league code HAMMER. Right. And you can play against all the other fans. Like you said, people listening from around the world, other, other uh, West Ham fans. And um, I'm not doing too well on it at the moment. So, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm kind of losing our own game, which isn't ideal. But, um, yeah, more, more games to come. I'm sure, yeah. sure we'll get onto them shortly. Yes, yes. <laughs> people, anybody that bought that, obviously uh, the Norwich striker, um, what's that guy's name? He scored a hat trick. Pookie. Yeah, Pookie. Pookie. Yeah, that Pookie. Yeah. That's right. They must have. Uh, they must have picked up some points. Yeah. Well, I don't think they would have. Yeah. Norwich causing a few upsets, which is. Yeah. Just our just our yeah. luck, isn't it? It is. It is. So um, so we are playing tonight, and uh, um, why don't we talk about this before that? Um, talking of the League Cup, uh, at the weekend it was the fifteenth anniversary of Mark Noble's first first team game for West Ham 15 years uh, and that was in the League Cup game against South End in 2004 August 2004 uh, extraordinary you know um, f- 
that's a huge length of time to play for the first team of a football club. Definitely. I mean, it's a long career anyway, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I'm not... I sort of haven't... I should have done a bit of sort of Wikipediaing before kind of starting the sentence I'm saying now. <laughs> but, I mean, it, 15 years is quite a long career as a professional f- footballer anyway, you know. Yeah, he's got to be up there with the longest... I think he is the longest-serving player of a Premier League club. Yeah, certainly the Premier yeah. League era, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. You know, which Bonzo is, which is had a long career, Brooking had a long career. Yeah, he's a, um, he's a, he's, he said himself he's a way off the appearance, uh, the yes. next appearance yeah. run on the ladder. But, I mean, yeah, what a servant. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure over the course of it, the, our expansion as a team, people have probably questioned you know, his, his role in the club on, on, in the starting eleven. but he's still, still well, so critical. Yeah, yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, he... he I remember doing one of these... You know, maybe I had a 2009 or something, and uh, Chris, Chris Akabusi was on it. We were talking about, you know, Noble had had a dip in form. I mean, we were talking about 10 years ago, and Noble had had a sort of dip in form. And Chris was saying, he, he's, he's played every week. He's just played every week. And in the summer, I think he played in an England under-21 tournament, had been an ever-present for West Ham mm. the season before. And Akabusi was saying, he's been playing football solidly for two years. Yeah. You know, almost the best thing that could happen in that, to him now would be to get an injury and just have a few months off, you know, two months off or something like that. Yeah. Because he, you know, quite often those... Uh, the, the dips in form that he's had have, you know, felt that they are, have come about through being an ever-present. Yeah. You know, Jim, Jim, Jim made a very good point and has made it a few times on this podcast that, uh, uh, you know, if we're talking about kind of being called up for England, I think sort of part of the problem with Mark Noble is that he's had to be a lot of different types of footballer. And uh, Jim m- makes a very good point that Kerbishly slightly put the kibosh on Noble's career by, by seemingly saying you don't have the pace up top to be a sort of, to be a kind of in the front three of a 4-3-3. You're a defensive midfielder. I don't want to see you sort of moving forward of the kind of centre circle. Mm. Whereas when he first started, it seemed that he, he's a very head-up player. I, I noticed when he was a kid... I just said he's like Ian Bishop. He n- never has to look at his feet. Never has to look at his feet when he receives the ball, when he's dribbling, or when he's passing. You know, and those players, you can see those players. They're, they're you know, they're proper ballers, and, and they, yeah. they get the game. And um, he seemed to have a really good range of passing, and and, mm. and you felt that you know there was a kind of a bit of somewhere in between. Lampard's kind of getting forward and Carrick's passing range. You sensed he was somewhere in between those two. Mm. Um, in the same way that kind of Ramsey... Ramsey has a sort of slightly Gerard, slightly Gerard, maybe a little bit of Lampard, sort of getting forward aspect that when they were at Arsenal, Wilshire was not quite like that. Didn't seem to lack the athleticism, you know. Mm. He was a very good passer with a low centre of gravity, um, but R- Ramsey seemed a bit, a little bit more an athlete. And uh, yeah, Noble's never been quick. I mean, that's the problem is that he sort of isn't an athlete, but he's got, he's got a quick brain. You yeah, know? I mean, when he danced from the halfway line, 
yeah. through on goal. I mean, you see that maybe 12 years ago, you'd expect that from someone yeah. with that kind of enthusiasm and pace, but he just, as I said, danced past people still. He had a fantastic last few games of last season, didn't he? The, mm. um, uh, you know, my friend who, who hosts the Spurs podcast that this stable makes said that that, that away game that we won, uh, the first game of the new, their new stadium, he said the best player on the pitch was Mark Noble mm. all game, you know, and that's, that's sharing the pitch with, you know, Deli Alley and Son and, uh, Lucas Moura, you know, all those guys, you know, Ericsson, Noble sort of practically ran the game in the second half, you know, once we took control of that game, he was, he, you know, yeah, he's a terrific player. I mean, it, mm. it, it's, it's hard, isn't it? There, there are England eras where there are, there are players that don't, you know, don't play because of the players that are keeping them out, the players that are there. Parks's England career sort of suffered, you know, when we went from sort of Clements to Shilton. And, and Parks was in a way marginalised by both of those keepers, mm. and probably the latter uh, latter days of Stepney. You know, uh, uh, I might have my timeline slightly wrong there, but 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 it was hard, wasn't it? And there mm. there were kind of people that, you know, Noble's time was Gerard Lampard era, but also the players that were coming in with sort of the very workmanlike Gareth Barry, mm. who probably is a better sort of defensive, just destroyer-type player than Noble is. Noble's got a bit more flair than that. And, and, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? It's a difficult balance. But there were times when you sort of thought, if if an England manager had basically just picked Noble and had faith in him and just made, you know, made him a central point of the team, he would have played a lot of games. Yeah. Same with Bonds, you know. Mm. Bonds was sort of seemed to, you know, never break in, really. But if a manager had picked him and sort of said you're in this position for you know the next five years he would have been and would have done a fantastic job i think well he had the captain's armband for uh you know chunk of the under 21s yeah you know, and i think the players that you know that we talked about the lampards and the gerards that got ahead of him went before leaving yeah. him in the 21s and i think you know that's maybe the opportunity with the window shut with the likes of barry and carrick yeah have suddenly assumed those roles that there's not really a gap to fill then at that point. And that's extraordinary, wasn't it? Because he did play at every, every level of mm. uh, the sort of England sort of youth setup uh, up to the first team, and then didn't get into the first team. And that was during some slightly desperate years when basically playing for a kind of top four team meant you played for, for England. You know, mm. the, th- the thing that characterised that more than anything was that Tom Cleverley got into the England squad consistently when he played for Manchester United was not the best footballer around, you know, history has shown us that when he went to the team that he went to after that, he had Villa or Watford he's he's at Watford now, now, did he go somewhere else before Watford? Couldn't tell you It feels like he might have gone somewhere like Villa and then ended up at Watford, but actually he played better he played Mm. better after that but never got picked for England again because he didn't play for Manchester United you know, yeah. uh, and I think Noble suffered a little bit of you know of that during those England years. There were you know, there's, and, and and Barry because of his association with the under twenty ones is looking more like uh, players that have played for England under twenty ones rather than players that play for Manchester City mm. or you know Manchester. <laughs> that's a bad example now, <laughs> Chelsea or you know, um, but yeah, he has been a terrific player. And every time you think he's he might be finished. Uh, you, you look at the team that goes out and plays and you think, what Noble might have really helped that team. It was extraordinary. You really thought he'd gone when, 
when they signed Nolan because you thought if we keep Parker, I mean we didn't keep Parker, so that's the that's, yeah. that sort of sorted that out. But um, you thought when we had when we had Parker, thought we might keep him, and then Nolan came. You went, oh, there's just not going to be any place for him. And um, Allardyce just played all three, <laughs> and then Parker went, and <laughs> Noble just stayed there. You know, uh, it's great. But it's fantastic, fantastic achievement. He's um, he's Mr. West Ham. Yes, indeed. His wife Jane Ham, two children, Jemima Ham. Kelsey Ham. Um, yeah, he's a terrific player. So uh, he probably won't be playing tonight. I would have thought they'll rest him up with his tired, weary bones mm-hmm. um, uh, against uh, Newport. So it looks like we might get a chance to see uh, a jetty, uh, and that will be good, see what he's like. I think I think Pellegrini's all but said he's pretty much yeah. odds on to start, isn't he? Hernandez is injured, isn't he? So I, I think, think there was a training ground right. knock or something. I don't think it's serious. I think he just decided yeah. to rest them. That, um... That Silva guy, he he got some terif- gastroenteritis thing on tour, didn't he? There's some, there's some there's something wrong with him that's not just you well, know Achilles he, or something. He had to go, yeah, he had to go back to um, I think back to Portugal to yeah. to get uh, a it's quite some, serious yeah. intestine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some kind of intestinal problem, didn't he? It's a um, shame because he seemed like you know he looked all right. He yeah. played in a kind of league game or two, didn't he, mm. last season? He sort of looked okay. Um, because, I mean, we do, uh, uh, we're not blessed with a sort of uh, uh, a wealth of riches. Is that the expression? I'm looking forward to sort of up front. Mm. Uh, so um, it'd be good to get some other guys out there. I feel as well, we, we know we, we want to champion the young, the young academy players as well. And this is a yeah. perfect opportunity. And you think, I think, I looked at Twitter on the way over, I think that Holland hasn't travelled with a team and I think right. there's a, probably a few fans that would really love to see that, yeah. him given a chance but and we saw you know with Grady obviously you know he got his chance and, and proved himself maybe a lot lot to learn a lot of development areas and that now he looks like he's doing really really well yeah. start at, at West Brom so you think you know that's that's only got to help but yeah. there's certainly a lot of talent coming through and that's what we've always been you know claimed for so we should yeah long way that continue I think, yeah keep it absolutely up. and I mean these games are you know ones to try and sort of blood some of these youngsters yeah so um, yeah let's uh, hope we get the result we're looking for and then it's Norwich uh, mm. who are who have come out of the traps flying you know um doesn't feel entirely like they have the talent to be this year's Wolves. Wolves spent a lot of money, didn't they? They spent a lot of money getting out that division, and uh, it was clearly a kind of Premier League standard team mm. that hit the ground running because it had won a lot of games in the Championship. Norwich, obviously, they did very well too, and uh, they're, they're kind of flying. I wonder whether some injuries might slightly do for them at some point. But yeah. uh, um, I think the you know the confidence is going to be. Up after the Wolves result, you know, uh, Haller's going to be keen to kind of get back out there. No Wall probably start again after not starting the first two teams. Um, It'll be like our real home debut, you know. The City game was something of a... You know, though I thought the crowd was still good in that game. I don't think yeah. you know, the, the crowd were completely silenced. Again, it was a sort of like because we, you know, we lost four 0 last year, didn't we? And that didn't feel like a kind of dispiriting win. We we actually sort of played quite well in that game. Yeah. Sort of moments of genius from City sort of won it, and I don't think the fans left, you know, demanding the board be hung by the neck. No, no, um, and Pellegrini, you know, he did say this time round. He wasn't prepared to just shut up shop and, and take, like we said, take the 2-0, take the 1-0. And no. 
there were errors, there was moments of brilliance from 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 both teams, but ultimately, like as you said at the start, I think probably on the day the best team yeah. definitely showed where they're where they're the most clinical and most valuable, and, and sort of puts the sword, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's going to be a kind of yeah, it's going to be a good um, it's going to be a good test. I mean, Norwich are mm. Norwich are their tails are up, they're flying. You know, they're they're going to come to they're going to come to the Thunderdome, and uh, you know they're going to be up for showing you know the big boys what um definitely what's what and uh yeah so i guess um i guess we might be on to predictions for these uh for these two fixtures yeah should we talk about tonight what do we think tonight i don't know i mean i literally don't know anything about newport i know they've got a bit of a giant killing uh they've they've killed giants before haven't they In, yeah uh, i think i think only I reading this early i think city managed to to avoid it, but there's definitely yeah. a couple of other um, Premier League teams Spurs, that played them. Yeah, Spurs, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you sort of look at how we've looked, played against cup teams, and sometimes it's an eight-nil drumming at home, and sometimes yeah. you're struggling against Wimbledon. But it's it's the occasion of the you know the midweek game, and you've got to go there, you've got to play on their terms, and yeah, like we said at the start, it t- depends how you how you start start yeah. the game, and, and if these fringe players are looking to prove themselves, actually take that and, and go for it. I think we could, I think we could easily, you know, not come a cropper. I say that now, you know. Yeah. We'll talk about this next week, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would go. I'm thinking I'm going to go with a, a, a strong three nil. Strong three nil. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Optimism. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to say one nil. Let's just sneak it one nil, and it'll be hard, and we'll get one nil. But uh, I'm not going to. I think they might score. Maybe one three. There was three one to us, basically. Okay, yeah. And what about Norwich? Yeah, I think I think that probably to your point about they'll score. I think that you, in Pookie, they've got someone that can prove they can they can play at the top level, and they've got some talented wingers, and they've, you know they they play a a pretty uh, fearless game at the moment. Why wouldn't mm. they? Um, and I think it depends what team we switch back to and I think the back to and certainly the, the wing backs as well that's going to be kind of key if they're, if they're Norwich play their normal game so I think they'll score I think that I'd like to say from an optimistic perspective we'll win but I think it could be a two-all yeah yeah I, I, I feel there's there's something there's something in the you know there's something in the tea leaves that suggests a draw you know mm. like not making it easy on ourselves, you know, feels like there's an upward trajectory, but without completely screwing it up, we could get a draw. Yeah. I can't have two, two, but I, I will say I'll go for a win. Yeah. yeah they, they'll definitely score. It's whether it's one or two. Mm. I'll say, I'll say two, one to us, two, one to two us, one. two, one to us. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably about it for this week's uh, Stop Hammer Time. Anything else to say, Ollie? Thank you for having me, and let's see uh, see how we get on this evening. See how we get on, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, my name's Phil Whelans. With me has been Ollie Spencer. Find the Match Pint app from the App Store and put it on your phone, I say. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.